0: Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast. In this podcast, we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team of Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we do tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors too. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Sam Barker from Hugh James, and I am here with Alan Collins, the partner in charge of the abuse team here at Hugh James.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So today we are talking about something that Alan's been working on for a few years now. Alan, you'll have to correct me on on the timeline of that uh, as we go forward, but it's the Jersey Redress Scheme uh, that has recently been announced. Alan represents over 100 clients who were in certain institutions in Jersey and has been working over the last few years on trying to get a redress scheme off the ground. And there has recently been an announcement that it indeed is in place now and uh, applications have started. So we wanted to talk about that and the process and also Alan's involvement with that over the last few years. So Alan, maybe I'll throw it over to you to explain better than
1: I can about the Jersey redress scheme. Thanks, Sam. So, in effect, we have what is known as the Jersey Redress Scheme. It is, in effect, two schemes. But by way of background, the new scheme, um, even though it is two schemes, is based on the case that we brought uh, in respect of the individuals who found themselves in a children's home or a children's institution known as Le Chen. So, Le Chen was a special facility i think that's the right way of describing it in jersey and lots of young people in their teens found themselves in le Chien, and the period concerned is sort of the late 1970s through the 80s and 90s and into the 2000s at some stage le chen became known as greenfields but basically everyone refers to all of this as the le chen case so, a couple of years ago, we had the big public inquiry in Jersey, known as the Independent Jersey Care Inquiry, and through that, the evidence emerged that lots of children had found themselves in Le Chen, basically children who had found themselves on the wrong side of the law, or in some kind of difficulty. And they found themselves in Le Chen where they were subjected to, I think it can only be described as a fairly unusual sort of regime. Um, there was for a large period of time, a secure unit, which was a couple of cells where children were placed as a matter of routine in many cases. Uh, It was effective solitary confinement. Uh, um, Some children found themselves in there, as I said, as a matter of routine. Others found themselves in there as a result of getting into trouble or for breaking rules and regulations and so on. And at the inquiry, it sort of emerged that this was... What had been happening, and that it was very troublesome.
0: Alan, forgive my ignorance of, I guess, terminology here in the UK. But is that known as what's called a borstal? A borstal.
1: Well, a borstal was effectively a sort of specialised prison in the UK for young men, um, teenage lads, basically, who were in trouble with the law. They'd appeared before the court, and they got sentenced to borstal. And I think you know a large part of the population would be familiar with the term borsal, even though borsals don't exist anymore. They were around for a long time and were sort of phased out. I recall in the late nineteen sixties, possibly early nineteen seventies, because it for it was established that they just didn't work. And you had approved schools, which were I think a sort of a variation on the borstel type system, and they too were found not to be worked. But Le Chen, as I understand it, was modelled on the failed model of the approved school. And so uh, it, it really doesn't make sense why Jersey decided to have Le Chen in the first place, because it was modelled on my understanding of a flawed, flawed concept. Mm.
0: So when did Le Chen close down and what years was it active?
1: Well, Le Chien was really active in the 80s, 90s and 2000s and then it became Greenfields and then ultimately um, came to an end. But the legacy of Le Chen is one with a long tail in that many of the people who have come forward as a result of the inquiry are still, how can I put it, relatively young. So most of the people that I see tend to be in their 40s, and 30s, maybe even late 20s.
0: Yeah, and it looks like Jersey, I guess, was implementing these schools quite long after what was known to be in the UK, something that didn't work. What prompted the inquiry um, back, what was it, five years ago?
1: Well, the Independent Care Inquiry was established by the Jersey government in the wake of Haut de Operation Rectangle, which was basically, without being too excited about it all, the you know the big fallout from the exposure on the international stage of all the various problems and tragedies and the allegations of widespread abuse in Jersey, which revolved primarily around the children's home known as Hudgren, which was a children's home for boys and girls that had a very long history. And it emerged in about 2008, if my memory serves me correctly, that there were widespread allegations of child abuse, that there were allegations of cover-up, allegations that the children in Hodegren were treated effectively as second-class citizens. And basically, there was a whole tragic sorry history that started to emerge in 2008. Operation Rectangle was the Jersey Police investigation into allegations of abuse at Hodegren and other places other children's homes but primarily the focus of attention was on Hodegren. Anyway as a result of that and the political fallout from all of that the independent inquiry was established and that reported in July 2017. And its report, the Independent Inquiry's report, dealt with not just Hodegren and other children's homes and child abuse issues generally, but also about what had taken place at Le Chien. And Le Chien, I think, was a bit of a Cinderella in that it hadn't really received the attention that it ought to have done. But what emerged from the inquiry was that concerns about the way children were being Treated and how they came to be in Le Chien was known to be problematic for some years, yet the authorities had decided to proceed with the Le Chien regime in spite of. And as I said, that there were real concerns about the fact that children were being locked up in Le Chien. It was effectively known as a children's prison and effectively was run as a children's prison, even though a number of the children in Le Chien weren't there because they were in trouble with the law, because they hadn't been in trouble with the law. Yet there were other children there who had been in trouble with the law, yet they were all mixed up, um, subjected to the same regime, which was one where there was the use of cells, but it was also abusive as well. And I think it also emerged that there was people there who perhaps didn't ought to be there working with children because they lacked the training and experience and so on. So it was a real hotchpotch of problems, and the inquiry in its report highlighted many of those problems.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting for me working here since the start of last year and um, kind of learning about these issues in Jersey and um, your involvement with the Jersey inquiry, etc. It sounds like, from what you're telling me from Lachan, that there was you know infringements with basic human rights and also generally speaking you know abhorrent behavior in locking up young children and subjecting them to imprisonment really.
1: Yeah and I think we can draw on other cases from around the world where there have been similar problems but what we had here was ways and means of being found by the legal system to place children in Le Chien when perhaps the legal safeguards were not being observed the legal safeguards were, as I said, not being observed. And, of course, whilst in Le Chien, being subjected to, in many cases, solitary confinement, which is frowned upon, to put it lightly, because of the psychological implications it has by placing somebody in solitary confinement. There's also a lot of pushing, shoving. There was um, a lot of restraining. In many cases, it would appear that the restraining went too far, there's also issues about certain members of staff being far too physical and perhaps should not have been employed to have worked at Le Chien in the first place. So as I said, you had a real nasty mixture of issues and problems all running together at the same time. And unsurprisingly, if one goes by the accounts, a lot of harm was caused as a consequence.
0: Well, let's go through the scheme that's been set up. And it was announced two weeks ago. Is that right, Alan? Two weeks?
1: Yeah, first of July. Um, the scheme came about. So yeah. there's in effect a two. There's two branches to the scheme. In effect, the first scheme is a very straightforward scheme for those who are in Le Shen. It's based on the amount of time spent at Le Shen, and that and the sums payable under that particular scheme range from a thousand pounds to ten thousand pounds. All determined by the length of the period spent. And then there's an uplift for those who were physically abused or manhandled in some way, and that ranges from 1000 to £4,000. Then there's a second more sophisticated or complicated scheme, if you prefer, which covers not just Le Chien, but other children's homes, where there has been serious physical abuse and or sexual abuse, and this has resulted in a significant psychiatric injury. And the amounts there um, range up to £70,000. So that's a far more sophisticated scheme and it's designed, as I understand it, to compensate those who were subjected to really serious abuse, which has had very serious consequences. So you've got two schemes there um, in effect and we have had lots of former care leavers coming to us and putting in applications under both schemes. And those applications are being processed uh, um, as we speak.
0: Mm. And, and how do people put in the applications?
1: So certainly as at our end, people see us and we help them fill out the forms. A lot of information has to be provided. It's not rocket science, but nevertheless, a lot of information has to be provided about dates and times, backgrounds, details of the experiences in Le Chien or the children's home concerned have to be set out in writing, and some fault has to be given as to the effect of the time spent in Le Chien or elsewhere. So all that has to be submitted on the written form, and as I said, those forms are now being adjudicated upon.
0: And people who come forward to speak to you about this and to, to get the application put in, they don't have to pay legal fees directly, do they?
1: No, the states have agreed a set fee for applications, so whether it's us or any other lawyer, gets paid a fixed fee for advising and assisting the applicant and for submitting the application form. So from these care leader's perspective, there's no fees to pay.
0: Great. Well, look, um, anybody who's listening who was in one of those homes, or indeed was affected by the kind of conduct Alan was talking about in Chen and otherwise, you can get in contact with us through the uh, Hugh James website and also the email that is in our show notes or directly to alan at alan.collins at hughjames.com. So Alan, thanks for going through that today and congratulations on getting the scheme set up after what was many years of hard work.
1: Thanks, um, Sam. Yeah, so let's hope this new scheme or schemes really benefits those affected. Brilliant.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Google Play. If you would like to speak to Alan or I about something you have heard this week, or even if you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please do get in touch at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.